Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. Will you be mine? Not mine exactly, but I'm talking to you today to consider asking someone to be yours, to be your healthcare agent or your healthcare proxy or your durable power of attorney healthcare representative. This role is very important at the end of life. Last time, I talked about wishes, whether we wanted to live our last days or months or years in a nursing home, in a hospital, in our own home, whatever that choice might be, I just encouraged us to express that desire. Think about it and consider where we thought we might like to be. What I'm talking about today is the choices that we're going to make if we're found unresponsive or become unresponsive due to some illness, disease, or accident, or some traumatic event. To be mine, to be my healthcare agent, or healthcare proxy, or a durable power of attorney for healthcare, means that I have considered someone carefully, someone I trust, ideally someone who lives close to me, who can be at the hospital if needed, or at my bedside when called upon to speak for me, to be my advocate, to not make the decisions for me, but to speak the decisions I've already made and expressed in my advanced directive, in conversations with my proxy or agent, and in my family. So I want to kind of go over what some of those options are. We are going to state these in the advanced directive that we fill out sign, and have witnessed or notarized. And we do the same with the durable power of attorney for healthcare or the healthcare agent form. There's a little section there called special provisions. This goes beyond the general, do I want to be given artificial nutrition or hydration, or do I want CPR? These special provisions really outline a more subjective way of thinking or deciding how we want our life to look at the end. Let's see if we can take one by one and determine for ourselves what we think we would want. I'm going to tell you, it's not as easy as it sounds. I did this as part of my certification process. I was required to write my advance directive or update one if I already had one. And this, for me, was about the fourth advanced directive that I filled out. You want to know why it took me that many times? Because the first time, I had to take a pause. Because as I was considering all of these special provisions, I was putting so many rules on myself. How many days would I want to be in this condition before this intervention was undertaken or removed? What about this one under this situation? Yes, or this situation? No, or if my quality of life would be affected, etc., etc. And I just realized I wasn't ready to make the decision. I have since made those decisions. My healthcare proxies are aware of them, and I've had many conversations about them with loved ones and friends so that were I to be found unresponsive or became unresponsive at the end of my life, then my durable power of attorney for healthcare or my healthcare proxy or healthcare agent can speak up for me. The other thing that I want to say about 
kind of not being as easy as it sounds is for the person that you designate to be yours, that is your healthcare proxy or healthcare agent, is voicing the decisions you've already made. But the verbiage in the document says that you are making decisions because the person cannot make it for themselves. But that's not exactly true. When you write your advanced directive and you sign it and you have it witnessed by two people or notarized, that becomes the legal document stating your wishes. There's a completely separate form for the durable power of attorney for health care that is also listed with your special provision decisions. And then they have their name on there. They are also witnessed by witnesses or a notary. These become documents that should be upheld, but it doesn't stop there because let's just take a scenario of you're found in the street, you've been in a car wreck, or perhaps just had a heart attack and dropped right there in the center of the road or whatever. Someone is going to call 911. And if you're alone, you will be transported. And the transport personnel, the ambulance, paramedics, personnel are required to take life-saving measures. They don't have anything to go on. Hopefully, while certain things such as an IV is being placed, somebody else is going through your belongings to see if you have a wallet card or an advanced directive or something with someone's phone number so they can contact. And hopefully that first person they contact is your healthcare agent. And the healthcare agent can say right then and there, this person doesn't want anything started, or this person only will accept this, this, or this. That way, if the treatment was already begun, they can stop it immediately. Now, sometimes, and I'm going to say, communication doesn't happen that quickly. So things might be started that we said we didn't want. But once we get to the hospital, if we have our advance directive on file at that hospital, it can be found and then your wishes can be carried out. Or the healthcare agent meets you at the hospital and will have your advance directive in hand or their durable power of attorney for healthcare form that you filled out and signed right there with them in their possession so that things can be stopped or withdrawn or not started. That's such an important thing to keep in mind. So in the best case scenario, you have gone through this form, you have chosen and discussed with your healthcare agent whom you've chosen exactly what your wishes are. They know it. They have the form right then and there, ready to go if something were to happen. That's ideal. I've just kind of expressed maybe a less than ideal situation too, right? Where you're found in the street and nobody knows anything but to call 911, which in the goodness of their heart, they should do that. Now, if you have a life-limiting illness such as cancer, COPD, kidney failure, something along those lines, you might be dying more slowly, maybe in your bed at home. Then what other kind of wishes do you have for that? Would you want your healthcare team to just allow your natural death? Those are the kinds of special provisions that you want to include in your advance directive, but also on the copy of the Durable Power of Attorney for Healthcare. So let's talk about special provisions. One of the first ones that you'll see listed on the advanced directive is artificial nutrition or hydration. Ventilation is another. During COVID, a lot of us saw 
what happens when we're artificially ventilated. The other, and most of us have heard about this, is CPR, or cardiopulmonary resuscitation. In a situation where someone has a heart attack, they collapse and they're at the gym or the supermarket, someone's going to call 911. Someone may even start CPR compressions on your chest before the ambulance ever gets there. And most times we would want that. And sometimes we don't. But you have to communicate it. Now in the scenario of a heart attack where you're in the grocery store, it's probably going to be started. But your healthcare agent can come and say, my friend, loved one, whatever that person is in your life, can say, we must stop this now. That's not what they wanted. Here's the form. Please honor her wishes. That's called being an advocate and a support for what your wishes are. Some people don't want any kind of surgery performed. Some would reject dialysis. Someone who breaks their hip and becomes wheelchair-bound, but able to get around, get ride service to take them to the grocery store, the beauty salon, the dentist, whatever it might be, or allows them to wheel themselves outside to smell their flowers or look at the sunshine, is enough quality of life for them to accept. And that is completely up to them. The key here is that we're talking to the person who we have designated as our healthcare agent or healthcare proxy or durable power of attorney for healthcare representative. So now we've made our choices. It's on our advanced directive. It's on this healthcare agent form. It's been witnessed or notarized. It's on our fridge so that if an ambulance comes in the house, they know exactly where it is. If our children come in the house and find us unresponsive, they have it right there in their hands. And the measures that you have already chosen can be undertaken or withdrawn. The other thing is to tell your healthcare proxy, have them agree, have them be on the same page as you. Because I'm telling you, even though you've made this decision to have this person be your proxy, it's not easy, even knowing that they are not making these decisions for you, but voicing the decisions you've already made, your life might end. And that might be what you're choosing, but it's not as easy as they thought it would be to say, I know that this is what they wanted, but by taking away this intervention, they're going to die, even though that's what they promised. So why am I saying that? Because it's important to get someone who you know you can trust, but that's why there's a space for two other people that you can choose. So that if the first person is so overtaken with sadness or grief, they can defer to person number two or three or four, whatever you might choose to have as your agents. It's also why it may not be the best idea to choose your spouse or your children, unless one of your children really strikes you as someone who is capable of separating their grief from your situation and can go forward with your choices. And I'm not saying your spouse can't either, but it might be a loving decision based on the person in your life that you're considering. There's nothing wrong with not choosing your spouse or your children. As long as you trust that person and every single one that you choose and is on that document agrees with what you have stated as your wishes. This very important document 
needs to be well thought out and considered. Talk to your physician and say, under these circumstances, what am I looking at? And when would I need these interventions? And then decide if that's what you want for yourself. The other thing is you can update it. And just like your will, whenever you have a life change, for example, if if you have lost your spouse or you become hospitalized or maybe you're starting to have the first signs of dementia or something of those natures, it's an opportunity to revisit your healthcare agent form and your advanced directive form and kind of reconsider if the choices you made 10 years ago are still valid today. It's important to do those things so that your wishes will be carried out and you won't end up having had a stroke and you're bedridden and you cannot talk or communicate with those you love or you felt that you were nearing the end of your life and you just wanted to die peacefully. You can state that and you should. So, will you be mine is an important question and I suggest that you ask it today and if not today, soon because we are not promised tomorrow and we don't want our family in anguish over making decisions we have no idea you would want. That's a beautiful gift. So I hope you'll consider that. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me, but better yet, talk to your physician, talk to your family, let them know what you're thinking, have the discussion, and make sure those you love are on the same page as you. Thanks for being here today. Bye-bye. I'm sure glad you were with me today. Talking about death and dying is hard enough. As we go forward, talking about death and dying and all the topics about end of life, conversations, the people that we love, people we want to know better, let's just keep learning together. And if there's something that you want to learn more about, you can drop me an email. My address is kathy at whilewe'restillhere.com. The website is whilewe'restillhere.com. And the podcast is, you guessed it, While We're Still Here. So lots of ways to reach out, lots of ways to dig in and learn about talking to those people that we love while they're still here to have a conversation. Think about that. And until next time, folks, take care.